Welcome to Psyched for Psychology, a Nystrom & Associates podcast. Our hosts, Michelle Iverson and Brett Cushing, are both licensed marriage and family therapists at Nystrom & Associates. Each week, they talk about all things mental health and therapy, and you get a chance to dive into specific psychology topics that help promote personal development and wellness. And now, here are your hosts, Michelle and Brett. Okay, well, welcome to another podcast edition here of Psych for Psychology. We are going to be talking about something a little bit more challenging, but highly practical for us. We are thrilled to have with us a special guest, Dr. Karen Ryan, here to talk about radical acceptance. Karen, we're delighted to have you here. And why why are you picking this topic on radical acceptance and what is it? I think because it feels so hard to grasp, but once you really understand it, you can apply it. And when we know how to apply it, it can be so helpful in our lives, right? Like Marshall Linehan says, pain is inevitable, suffering is not. And so that's like, how do we reduce suffering? Here's a skill we can use to do that. So radical acceptance reduces suffering? I mean, that sounds... Is it like a pill? Uh, would be nice. <laughs> yeah, Just take right? a little pill. Uh, so we're not trying to have an infomercial here and, and push <laughs> some product that is just going to be super easy and your life has changed. And nonetheless, radical acceptance is something that can reduce suffering in our lives. Well, what do you think, Michelle? Maybe we should dive in. What is radical acceptance a little bit more? Right, exactly. It, it makes me think about times in which... Um, we are really struggling with something in our life where you just wish again and you hope against all hope that this could be different, but it's something that I can't necessarily change. So if I think about what's going on in my life that I wish against wish and hope against hope that would be so different would be how my toddler, my two-year-old goes to bed right now, which is not great. There's a lot of kicking, a lot of screaming, a lot of no, mommy, don't make me go to bed. <laughs> and um, it's been a bit of a challenge. Um, and it's so funny when we work with so many parents and we're like, let's give you so many tools and tips and advice. And then I'm struggling with that at home, too. Absolutely. And so I struggle with that idea of how do I accept that this is going to kind of be the process that's going to be. It's going to be a phase, right? It's going to end <coughs> at some point. But how do I accept that this is what it's going to be, at least for a little bit. So what do you what do you think about this? Karen, when we talk about radical acceptance, are we able to come up with like a, a definition of what it is? I mean, there are things I can radically accept, right? If I won the lottery, I can readily, <laughs> yeah. readily, readily I can radically accept. This, accept. Right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what are we talking about at what times in our life is this like, once in a while, seasonal, just trying to flush this out a little bit more. The word that comes to my mind that's so helpful is control. So it's Mm. things that we really don't have control over, right? We can't make this person change. We can't undo the past and we can't predict the future. And so when we find ourselves needing radical acceptance, it's oftentimes when we're trying to control something we don't have control over or wishing things had been different. And so there can be a real intense like longing or desire or hope that it would be different. So sometimes 
radical acceptance is those really deep kind of hard, hardest things in our lives. And sometimes it's those day-to-day things like traffic or getting the kids to bed or that I don't have time for self-care like I'd like or these other things that we can apply it. Yeah. So I just watched this. I witnessed radical acceptance over, and I don't know if it was radical acceptance, but it was some level of acceptance. I'm at Caribou, and, and God bless them. They're, they're short staff, yeah, so the yeah. lobby is closed, or the restaurant, whatever you call it, is closed. And there's this long line of cars. And I'm in there uh, at probably two and a half hours ago. I get in line, and and I'm watching people walk up to the door. And I'm like, they're going to be so bummed out. Mm-hmm. And they they all kind of they pull the door, and you say, oh, you know, they're so upset that it's closed. And then they have to walk away and just kind of watch the different reactions. Some people throw their arms up in the air. <laughs> yes. Uh, you just kind of wonder what's going on. And you feel for them because we've all been through that. So, But that's just like, that was this morning. First thing this morning, I'm witnessing this. And it makes me wonder, radical acceptance, is this a skill or is this a way of life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you talk about control issues. And, I mean, how much can we really control in life? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's both. I think it's a skill and it's a way of life. And okay. so it's how do we practice it, right? When caribou line is slow. For me, it's always in traffic. And I have not, you know, if I would think about it and I think about my preparations and planning, I did not give myself enough time. And then I'm in traffic or I'm waiting and I'm mad the light turned red or I'm frustrated. I'm like, oh, come on. And it's, okay, take a deep breath. I can't control this. I can't change this. And then the worry is like, we're going to be late. And it's like, yep, I have to radically accept we're going to be late. And if I remove the judgment, like, because I didn't give myself enough time. Mm. And then it's also, then it helps decrease that anxiety. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. It's, this is, it is what it is. You are going to be late. Right. And that's radical acceptance is like naming what the truth is. Mm -hmm. Like you are going to be late. You didn't give enough time. But then if I can remove that judgment, then I'm not experiencing as much anxiety and distress. So that's where we're, again, like that reduce of suffering. So it's like, oh, I can choose to make myself miserable and be more mad right. in the car. Or I can be like, well, all right, it's three minutes. It's got to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny because as you talk about that, my reminds me of my daughter who said to me once, she said, Dad, you remind me of Mr. Incredible from The Incredibles. Aww. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's a like, nice compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, she didn't intend it the way I thought. So I, <laughs> I, you know, a typical therapist, I said, well, tell me about that, you know, and I'm waiting for this wave of compliments. And I think we were doing errands on a Saturday. And she said, you know, Mr. Incredible, in the beginning of the movie, like he was on his way to his wedding and he was running late. And then he kept hearing of more crimes on the radio and he kept looking at his watch and kept thinking, well, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. And he kept adding more things in his day. And I said, oh, so that's what I remind you of. <laughs> but it also, I think, typifies how we we always try to control more and more and more in our lives. And yeah. I wonder... Yeah. I always tell my clients, I, I think we are creatures of control. Yeah. Would you Would you agree with that, Michelle? What are yeah. your thoughts? Well, I was almost thinking, too, about um, how do we create our own suffering if we, I mean, I think we've all probably had those times where you almost, you, you're really tempted to just want to refuse to radically accept something, right? Um, actually, think about when you're with your instance in the car when I'm doing that 
for my husband, because usually he's the one kind of freaking out about traffic. And I'm saying what you're saying to yourself, but I'm saying it to him. Yeah. <laughs> he, yes. He almost gets more mad <laughs> at me. And, um, and I think because sometimes I kind of tell him, like, you're kind of like refusing to want to try to radically accept that we are stuck in this traffic right now. Right. We're yeah. going to have to take it for what it is. Do we almost kind of create our own suffering? And maybe because we're kind of struggling with letting go of some of that control in that mm-hmm. moment. So letting go of control mm-hmm. is obviously a big part of why we resist this radical acceptance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are other things that maybe get in the way and make radical acceptance really hard for us? Yeah. Yeah. And as you were reflecting on control and radical mm-hmm. acceptance, what comes to my mind is anxiety. And anxiety is so much about trying to change the past or control the future. And so I feel like when we have mistaken beliefs about what we have control over, we have this belief that we could have changed the past, we could have, would have, should have. So if we recognize that language of like, I should have, why didn't I, if I would have, if only I could have, right? Those are kind of anxious thoughts of like wanting to have it be different. And that ties into that radical acceptance. And then that facade of more control than we have then puts this burden on us of like that we should be able to predict and prevent any sort of bad thing from happening. And so I feel like that, that, that grabbing onto that control can really be based on anxiety. And then that makes radical acceptance far more difficult. Right. I can't believe Michelle that, that Dr. Ryan here just dropped the S word here. You know, the S word in therapy is like a bad word. The should. The should. Right? The should word. And, but notice that. I think inherent yeah. within when we do that, when we think, I should be able to get there on time. The the traffic shouldn't be like this. Mm-hmm. When we do that on situations, when we do that on people, when we do that on ourselves, we're really casting judgmental statements upon the way life should be. It's a, it's a judgment about people. It's a judgment about myself. And so... Yeah, you're suggesting when we when we judge like that, that's an impediment to radical acceptance. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. I'm wondering if, if I can see that in my life you know, recently. Do you all, can either of you see when you've done that in your life? I think traffic is, is a great example. I think, you know, it, it, we're recording this uh, just before Halloween. Not that yeah. that's a massive uh, holiday that, that people get stressed about. But right around the corner, we do have Thanksgiving. We have Christmas. And don't you think that we make judgments about that time of year mm-hmm. and the way yeah. it should be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think of the shoulds that come up for me personally are oftentimes interpersonally. Oh, I should have called that person or I should have reached mm. out or... Mm-hmm. Um, feeling badly that I didn't have more time to connect or so sometimes those are kind of those shoulds that can be there. And so then like the radical acceptance I have to practice is that I I simply don't have time Mm -hmm. to give as much attention to all the relationships I'd like to at times. And so there's that piece of like radically accepting and then, and then like what Marshall Linehan highlights is like when we radically accept that and then we can name that accurately then that's a chance for me to reevaluate and be like, okay, so where's my time going? And so that's that key piece of a helpful piece. I think of radical acceptance for myself is when I name it and stop like making excuses, stop personalizing, be like, why does this happen to me? Mm. It's to everybody, right? And so when you just accurately look at it without the judgment or the emotion, then you can be like, so what's working and what's not? Then I'm I can make more accurate change because I'm not yeah. just an emotion mind. 
I, th- I think she highlighted something too. Like, yeah. By asking that universal question we have as human beings when difficulty happens is, is the why mm-hmm. question. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? And, and, and whether it's trivial in traffic or it's something highly significant, we yeah. lose a loved yeah. one uh, or some tragedy happens in our life, there is this objection that's sort of primal almost. It yeah. just comes out. We don't want it. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. I remember when I was a police chaplain, I would actually uh, go and tell people and inform them that a loved one you know, had died. Mm-hmm. And what, what's the first thing they say? No. no. Right. No way. No. No way. Yeah. And it was, it was understandable. It was predictable. It was yeah. absolutely consistent. Yeah. And to hear the emotion that comes with that, and it's, it's like I said, this primal, intense reaction yeah. of no and absolute refusal. And so I think we can relate to that. We've seen that. We've experienced that. Listeners know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And so how does how do we bring radical acceptance into that when we're dealing with this uh, just absolutely heart-wrenching mm-hmm. period in our life? I mean, we're obviously not going to in that very moment say, oh, okay, uh, yeah. I'm going to radically accept this. But radical acceptance, nonetheless, is a way through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what comes to my mind is making sure that we give enough time and attention and validation to the emotion there. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes to find radical acceptance, we first have to validate the grief or the anger or the loss or the pain. And so that key piece of radical acceptance doesn't mean it's just okay or that you accept, like not that you don't accept, accept is what we're working on, but that it's, um, what's the word? Um well, it's not denial. It's not. It's not denial either. But it's also that piece of like saying that it's. Um, I don't like like that. I don't like it. Mm. But that piece of saying it's. It's an acknowledgement. Yeah, I don't condone this, or I'm not like right. happy this happened. Right. But right. this piece of, I can accept it at, for right. what it is. It so, doesn't, it's not the same thing as agreeing with it. That's the word I was yeah. looking for. Like That's I don't agree it. with That's it. That's what I was saying. Right? Yeah. 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 Or There's that, the word. Yeah. that I approve of this. Approve. That is right. the other word. Yes. 100%. But it's this piece of, so if I can recognize and validate that emotion, and I really think grief is a huge part of it, mm-hmm. oftentimes for those huge losses like we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But the other way that really comes up, I find, for myself and for clients and friends is interpersonally. And so oftentimes it's wanting a relationship to be something that it's not. Right. And so radical acceptance is about accepting something that's not how we want it to be. Mm-hmm. And why it's radical is because I'm going to use the yes word again. It's like, because we should, you know, like some of those things we are wanting are things that make sense. Yes. Right. In the relationship. Like I, if it's a parent who is just not present and of course, as a child or even as a young adult or an adult, we want in a, a parent who's present and loving towards us. And so to have a parent who is not, we have to radically accept that. Mm-hmm. And the first step to getting there is acknowledging that grief. Like, of course I want that. And that makes me sad I don't have that. And so for those big things, I think it's that key piece of the step of recognizing the emotion Mm -hmm. and validating it. And then we can accept it. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? I agree. I think that's one of the things that maybe when I start to bring this topic up in a lot of therapy sessions, a lot of people have an initial I don't know if I want this skill. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. Is because I think they're worried that that idea of radical acceptance has to come with this invalidation yeah. of my feelings. And we're saying that's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Not yeah, I all. like the way you put that, Michelle. It, it feels like to to recognize this, I'm I'm approving of what's happening, and I'm not getting any validation for what's happened to me or how I'm feeling. And so I'm glad we we teased this out because I I find in the clients I work with that is the biggest resistance is it yeah. feels like I'm approving almost validating what happened to me and I just uh, I put the brakes on that no I, I I'm still objecting to this yeah so that's we're not talking about radical acceptance as something you approve of yeah. just. Uh, willy-nilly because that would be denial then right and we don't want to live in in denial so there's an aspect of i have to acknowledge this mm -hmm. and acknowledgement doesn't mean approval yep acknowledgement actually is is a pathway towards accepting yeah would it be a fair metaphor to think that it's like i'm going through this difficult time it's the tunnel in front of me i can see light at the end of the tunnel Radical acceptance helps you to walk that path. If you're not doing radical acceptance, you're trying to deny there's no tunnel in front of me. <laughs> I could somehow magically maybe get around this. Like, do you think that'd be a fair metaphor? I think so. And it reminds me of a story one of my professors told me in grad school of a woman. That, uh, she was married. Uh, her husband died. They'd been married like 50 years. Mm -hmm. And she did not want to radically accept it. And it came out in the fact that she... She would always go to bed and he would turn the fireplace, you know, put the fire out in the fireplace and she didn't want to accept that he was gone. Mm -hmm. And so she went to bed and instead of putting the fire out herself and a fire started and burned down her house, she was okay, but she was not willing to accept this. Mm -hmm. And um, it also reminds me of an analogy we use in DBT is if somebody, for instance, goes to prison and they are, let's say, they're innocent, they're completely innocent, but they, mm -hmm. they've exhausted all options to plead their case mm -hmm. and they have no options left and they are in prison for 10 more years. Mm -hmm. And if they don't begin to understand, okay, I am in prison, I got to figure out how do yeah. I live, how do I survive here? Mm -hmm. And if they don't do that and they spend all their time focused on this is wrong, this isn't fair. I don't like what happened, and they keep trying to get out. They are not going to survive in that new reality. Right, right. And the word that's coming to my mind is it allows us to sincerely ask ourselves, now what? <laughs> now what? And so whether it's traffic or I'm in prison or I've had this huge loss, now what? <laughs> And so then it's a sincerely like, now what, now what, what can I do? What do I have control over mm -hmm. to help myself? And then it really, that I think then is empowering. And so we've got, if oftentimes we're radically accepting that we have some loss or some hardship or something we again, don't want, then if we can empower ourselves to say, now, now what? Mm -hmm. Again, it takes some time to get there because mm -hmm. for a while we're just like, <laughs> don't right. want to be there. But when we can get there, it's like, okay, now what? Now, what can I actually do to help the situation mm -hmm. or help so, myself? I really like that. Now, now what? I, I do that a lot with clients. I try to sit in, in the pain and acknowledgement of what's going on. Not approving, but just acknowledging that, man, this, this blows. Um, and then after sitting with them, yeah. I'll sort of ask, ah, so what do you want to do about this? Yeah. And it, it's sort of... It's empowering. It can be a bit irritating too, uh, because we don't want to accept it still, and 
I need to. I may not have caused this. Yeah. And I need to. I'm still responsible for my life and how I'm going to live it. Yeah. And I can't. I can't avoid that. So how do people do this then? How do people actually do radical acceptance? It's not just okay. I'm radically accepting. Like, are there steps? What do we do? Yeah, there are absolutely steps, and there's great like worksheets online and all around that will walk you right through it. And I, I really like how you highlight it. Is this is this like a skill or is this a mindset? Mm-hmm. And so I think the idea of can we practice it in our daily lives with those little things? Like, and I love the line of like practicing like being okay with not getting what we want. And for me, that's even down to like they don't have the right size shoes, right? Or they don't have this. Ooh, like yeah. those are little radical acceptances <laughs> that we can practice on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And for those real big ones, that's when it's taking that time to sit, be still, be present, and check in. Mm-hmm. Where am I at in my mindset? How am I thinking about this? And can I kind of employ some of the things I know about radical acceptance? So you talked about that earlier, too. Sit and be aware. Or in other words, in DBT lingo, we call that mindfulness. Yeah. And you touched on that in the beginning, being being mindful of what is going on with me. Uh, how am I feeling right now? And am I am I really upset? What am I really upset about? If I'm not mindful, I, I, I can't really... Yeah. Start with radical acceptance. And what am I thinking? You know, I'm a big cognitive, yeah. you know, so what am I thinking? It's not fair. I can't believe this is happening mm-hmm. to me. Why is this happening to me? Like, what did I do to deserve this? That I'm never going to get over this. This is never going to be okay. And okay. so you can see some of those mindsets and some of those thoughts that help us recognize it. Yeah, I love that. Tune into what am I feeling? What is my body telling me? And what am I thinking? What are my thoughts about this? And then my other favorite line is like, and is this serving me? Is this helping like me? That. Is this serving me or is this bringing more suffering, more frustration? Okay. You kind of make me think about how every single, like there's all these little moments throughout every day in which we might be at a fork in the road. Am I going to choose which path am I going to go yeah. down? And how does that kind of relate to, this is another DPT concept, that idea of willingness versus willfulness? How do you yeah. kind of see that and how does that kind of play into that role of whether I'm going to radically accept this situation this moment? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm a Taurus. I'm a bull. I'm quite stubborn. Right. And so that willfulness, <laughs> like stubbornness, like, but I want it this mm-hmm. way. And then I, and sometimes it's that willfulness is that wanting it that way. It's like, well, why? You know, well, why, why do I want it that way? Well, because then, and oftentimes when we do that, there's, there's a kind of a good reason or a loving reason well, because I want my kids to be happy or I want this to work out or I want them to be like at the mitten size like that. I want them to be warm or I want them just to be comfortable and so when we can look at that why there's oftentimes like a good reason we're being willful and stubborn and then if we can say okay and then is that actually helping like in this moment am I getting to that actual end desire nope mm-hmm. and then I can shift a little more to that being more willing mm-hmm. and so I think it's exploring kind of this stubbornness or this willfulness about and then does that help because again I think of control and control to me Mm. is always there's always an underpinning of anxiety Mm -hmm. of like I want people to be okay I want me to be okay my kids to be okay people to be safe and so when we can say like and it's just achieving that Mm -hmm. nope you know this is for me a lot of the daily practice like Mm -hmm. okay this will Mm -hmm. and so that willfulness I think is sometimes it feels like like a willingness can be like a giving up or just right. condoning and it's not that yeah. at all it's like when we can really examine it like then it really gets us to our truest desires like 
willingness gets us there. And I think you hit on why that is so hard. As parents, we would do absolutely anything for our kids. Yeah. And we are we are trained when they're babies. We have we have to do absolutely everything for them. And so and because we want to protect them, we want to provide for them, and there's this resistance that we feel because we're trying to care for them and we can't control over the things that happen to them. And it almost can feel like this is irresponsible as a parent because I'm giving up. Mm -hmm. But what am I, I'm not really giving up care of my kids. I'm giving up this illusion of control that I can do that. And I find as a parent, and I've seen Mm -hmm. that with other parents that yeah, that, that really gets in the way, mm-hmm. and it's it's not working. And I, I like the way you, you put that, you know, is this working or uh, is this being successful? So, and I like alliterations, um, so I hear acknowledgement and mm-hmm. assessment, basically, is kind of the first two steps. Yeah. And then are we done? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Check. <laughs> so what's next? I, I'm going to kind of come up with an A word I'll for come you, up with right? I'll come up with an A word. Yeah. Right? So it's like acknowledgement and assessment, and then it's looking, and do I want to shift that at all? Do okay. I want to make any change? Right? It's making me think of the catch it, the challenge it, the change it, right? Okay. That we know in CBT that's so yeah, helpful that's and how good, we yeah. shift our thoughts. And yeah. so after we've assessed it, it's like, well, and would it be helpful if that was different? Okay. And so one of the questions in a lot of the worksheets for radical acceptance is like, what would I do if I did radically accept this? Right. And so it's like identifying those options of like, oh. And so there you're highlighting, Michelle, that willfulness and willingness. It's okay, what sometimes helps us get more willingness is being able to identify what it, again, here's another could, should, <laughs> but what it could be like. Yeah. And oftentimes that, oh, that actually would feel better. Mm-hmm. Like I'm fighting that because it was something, I didn't really recognize what it would bring me. Right. And so when it's uh, examining what could it feel like, mm-hmm. oftentimes that feels actually better. Mm-hmm. Michelle, you have an A word for this? Because I'm bursting. <laughs> I've got one. <laughs> Okay, how about this one? Because I know other people are listening and they're like, this is so easy. So we have assessment. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we have acknowledgement, acknowledgement. assessment, and adjustment. With, with this adjustment. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. There you go. Yeah. On a roll. And then are we done? <laughs> am, am I, have I radically accepted now? Yeah. How um, do I know? You know what I like? I got an A word for you. Oh, that yeah. is the action. Oh, right. Action is like, yeah. is there any behavior yeah. change that then would be helpful? Yeah. You know, and so when we highlighted that, like, now what? Mm-hmm. Now, okay, what action would be helpful? Right? So if I felt like I haven't been connected to my friends and I'm worried about it and I do that, I check in, I acknowledge it, I assess, okay, who haven't I talked with? Who feels most important to me? Can I adjust some of the shame and the coulda, woulda, shoulda thinking? And then action, okay, who is the friend I really am wanting to connect with? Yeah. And then I can call that person. And then radically accept that, like, I can't check in with everybody. It's yeah. action. I like be that. Kind of that final step. Yeah. And, and I don't know the A word for it, but I know, like, afterward, yeah, what we do is we want to sort of do an internal audit of myself, uh, of ourselves, and ask, okay, am I experiencing any bitterness still? Mm-hmm. Uh, am I having mm-hmm. any resentment or anger? Um, and that's the radical part of yeah. this. I have yeah. to be all in. Like, I'm not going to just have the cerebral cognitive acceptance. My whole body, yeah. my mm-hmm. emotions, 
my actions, everything is going to be congruent. It reminds me of that story of the little kid in elementary school, and the teacher kept saying, you know, you need to sit down. And the kid wouldn't, stood up, you know, defiantly, and the teacher said, you need to sit down, and this went on and on. And then the teacher said, if you don't, you're going to the principal's office. So the kid sat down, and the teacher said, there. And the kid said, I might be sitting down on the outside, but I'm still standing up on the inside. And isn't that perfect? Yeah. I mean, because yes. that's all of us where we don't have yeah. radical acceptance. Yeah. I haven't really thrown myself in. And I think that's what happens is we can sort of cognitively say, yes, I accept this, but we have this resistance or we have in these interpersonal kind of challenges, yeah. I have this... Uh, I have this anger and bitterness still towards this person. So mm -hmm. that's the radical part. It is. And I think yeah. we do, maybe if the A word is an audit, we do a little audit of yeah. our emotions to ask, all right, am I still having anything, any bitterness? And then what do we do? What do we, if I notice that, and this is what I, what I say with clients, um, I, I try to put it two ways. One is the negative, and I kind of get a negative response is, what's the risk? Because what you were talking mm -hmm. about, Michelle, is is that we're talking now, I have this willfulness against accepting. And so what's the risk of becoming willing? Yeah. And I find a lot of my clients don't like the word risk. Well, there's no risk. And I try to put it positively then is ask, well, what's the benefit mm -hmm. of continually staying willing? Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think that's when we yeah. do our little audit of our emotions, we kind of ask, okay, where's, where am I? Am I really all in radically accepting? And we can ask ourselves, okay, yeah. Uh, what's the risk if I'm not, mm -hmm. or what's the benefit of staying where I am? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's so useful. I think that's so useful because yeah. again, those, if we ask the risk, like oftentimes what we can get to is there some mistaken belief or some mm -hmm. illusion or some lie and when we ask ourselves, like, what is the risk? Then we can, we figure out what that is. Right. Because, well, I'm afraid of this. Well, okay. But if I apply the logic, that actually wouldn't happen. Or that's actually not there. And so I yeah. really like that language of what's the risk, what's the benefit. Because yeah. that benefit, too, is that it, being able to anticipate and visualize and f imagine yourself feeling more peaceful, mm -hmm. which is what right. we're all wanting. That's right? just it. That's the equation. We're going to say something, Michelle. I was Sorry. just saying, gets us out of suffering. Yeah. That's what Michelle Linehan would have wanted for all of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then it gives us the tools in which we can feel empowered to be able to do that for ourselves mm -hmm. in a lot of situations. Yeah. Thanks for bringing this all the way back to where Karen started us with. I know. How this actually brings us out of <laughs> suffering. Yeah. You knew you were doing that. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so we can see. Yeah. So, so skillful. We can see how actually radical acceptance does reduce suffering. Might not take all of it away, but right. at least in a way where we can we can keep moving forward in life. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I like thinking about it as it's a practice. And so for the really big things, there might be like days when we're more able to practice radical acceptance. And there might be other days when we're a little more stuck and that resentfulness sneaks back. And so I think really as you're trying to practice giving yourself that grace, especially mm -hmm. when we're applying it to the big things of like, this takes time and I can kind of lean in and then Stay if I need away to go back, yes. word, that naughty S, S word. word. Yeah. Do not like, <laughs> no shooting yourself yeah. that this, 
or why can't I just find radical? Why is this so hard? It's because it is hard and I can give myself time and keep leaning in when I have the capability to do so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Dr. Ryan, thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah. This has been fun. We hope it's been helpful for everybody. It's been helpful for me. So I'm glad I was here. And do you want to share a little bit too for our listeners, if they want to catch you on some of the um, local news stations when you do these wonderful segments talking about different topics, do you want to share with them on when they can, where, when and where they can find you? Yeah. Thanks, Michelle. Yeah. Yeah, So I have the pleasure of doing some segments um, on topics like this. So radical acceptance are a little quicker, but kind of nice um, reminders of tools and skills and concepts that we can apply to our daily life. So that's on uh, Twin Cities Live, which is on ABC, and that runs from 3 to 4. So I typically go on about 3.30 to 3.40, but it's a great show. Um, Elizabeth Patterson and... Um, other people on ABC. Other people. It's going to come to me. Um, <laughs> and they do just such a nice job interviewing and being very real and sharing their own experiences and then minnesota live as well um some morning so that's at 9 a.m um, it's fun on to abc watch. as well it's, it's ben lieber for heaven's sakes elizabeth reese and ben lieber <laughs> okay um and so megan newquist um and they do a great job just interviewing me and asking really it is fun questions. to be yeah, yeah it, it's it's very candid it's, yes. it's just very authentic and i really encourage people to to watch that oh, thanks appreciate yeah. it thank you for joining us today we really appreciate it my pleasure well, we hope everybody got something they can take away from this next episode we had. And uh, can, like Karen said, uh, give yourself a little more grace as you deal with uh, the tough things in life that you just can't control. Thank you, as always, for listening. And please be sure to leave us a review. While this podcast can't be a replacement for therapy, we hope you enjoyed our discussion today and join us again next time. Nice German Associates is always available to those who are struggling. If you find yourself in need of support and help, please check us out at nystromcounseling.com.